locked in to another episode of The Curious Wire. The Curious Wire. With the most curious person in multifamily. We're not trying to sell you anything here. We just want you to learn real things that will help you elevate your career, challenge you to think and be curious. Join us on this journey to challenge the status quo. Let's go. We're back with another episode with a guest, and the way we roll here is the guest introduced himself. So, please. Yeah, uh, good to be here. Jason Deppin, I am VP of Operations for Moved. Excellent. Um, Really excited to have you, Jason. I'm going to introduce the question with a story where I used to work for a company. This was not a multifamily. Uh, It was a, I guess, somewhat of a startup, but like the vision was not built out. And I was very involved in like laying out the groundwork of building out the company. And then they brought somebody in and this guy was like tearing up like not everything that I did, but like was coming in and inserting himself in everything. And it was not a, not a lot of good listening. And that for me, that was a huge turnoff and, and I am leaving from that. And so there's a lot of folks in on the operation side, on the supplier side, switching jobs at high levels and you have successfully done that um you took over you rebranded it to circuit and now you are at moved and so i want to talk about or learn from you what is it like to come in and successfully take over a team that every you get alignment with everybody yeah it's a great question um and certainly one that i'm still perfecting myself but i can give you um a little bit of my starting philosophy when starting any large project, whether it's coming into a new company, to your question or not, I I always want to understand what I'm getting into. I'm very selective about where I spend my time. Um, for me, at this stage in my career, um, having spent a bunch of time in at StubHub, which was the majority of my early career before uh, the foray into prop tech with TF Living, uh, formerly known as rebranded as Circuit, um, and now moved was. You know, as I earn the right to take on more work and, and lead teams and kind of build from experience, learn, fail plenty. Uh, for me, it's always starting with a plan. So, you know, uh, 30, 60, 90 day plans tend to be a good way that people frame up, like how they're, how they're going to approach something. But I always start with a people approach. For me, culture, one, not just in selecting where I'm going to go, culture is the absolute most important thing for me. Um, certainly the reason I joined Move, um, having worked with a few of those folks in previous years, but also meeting the rest of them, seeing the product. So if the culture is there, um, then that's where I like to start. And so it's with the people, right? So I think you mentioned a bad experience of, of somebody coming in and you built all this work and you had you were the subject matter expert and someone came in and just kind of started ripping stuff out and changing things. I've never been that fan. Uh, so usually my first 30 days look something like, one, I've probably, probably already done a plan of research in terms of why I'm joining the company and who. Um, and then it's just a drinking from a fire hose. I want to learn everything I can. I want to meet with every person possible on the team. Luckily in startup lands, you know, when you're in that 20 to 50 employee range, that, that is possible. Um, but um, I start with people. I want to learn. I want to understand. I want to be sensitive to where they're at, where they're at in the journey. And they're the subject matter experts. I'm not. I'm new. And regardless of title, I want to come in and be, uh, I want to be learning from day one, right? And so I usually structure it and, you know, I always approach my 30, 60, 90s with understanding, um, you know, what I'm getting myself into, what are the roles and expectations, what does success look like for myself, 
and then being able to start those conversations with the team around what does success look like for them and what's worked, what hasn't. Um, I'm not going to be the smartest person in the room. You know, I want to learn. I want to take time to learn. And that's typically where I, I would say I start off is, is meeting folks where they're at. I make it about the people first before I come in and worry about any process or tools or you know, in operations, usually a lot of what I do is... So are you doing a lot of one-on-ones when you're coming in and basically interviewing people and really not, not to learn the business, but just learn them and then get to know each other, get comfortable with each other. And then from there, when there is a certain level of comfort, then it's, let's get into the business. Yeah, 100%. Like, to me, um, I always start, like I have this, this concept, it's, it's, you know, culture of, of excellence, right? And so it always starts with leadership, and that works its way down, right? If your leadership team, whatever that is at your, at your current stage of company, is exhibiting excellence, and that's going to that's gonna go and permeate through the entire team, right? And the customer's going to feel that, and the business results take care of themselves. So that's my ethos, servant leadership. Do you have, now you have, I guess, you've done it with some larger teams. Are there, like, team exercises, team, like, off-sites, things like that that you've done that have been helpful? I have, um, you know, more so probably with the, the public companies that I was a part of where we had, you know, over a thousand employees and you had the, the budgets and the time to kind of get smaller groups together. We would do leadership offsites and development training every single year, for example, when I was in StubHub. We bring in all supervisors and above, you know, about eighty of us and we'd go and spend a week together. Um, so yeah, that's incredibly important. I think you know, obviously in the, the remote world, it's it's a little bit more challenging. You got to meet people where they are, different time zones, different cultures, different comfortability being on Zoom and, and those types of things. But really, the first thirty days for me is just learning, just drinking from the fire hose, starting with the people. They'll start to un- unlock a little bit about the team, the process, their journey, challenges they're seeing. You know, I typically have a handful of questions around. You know, if you wave a magical wand overnight and the job is easier tomorrow for you, for your team, for the company, what would that look like? That usually is, is, a, is a pretty fun conversation to go through. So for me, I have, I think in Q4, I started these video or Zoom meetings with the team, and we do it on Tuesdays. And my approach is like, if they're not engaged, it's my fault. And I would, like, every week was trying really hard. I want to teach them. I want them to, like, be as successful as they can. And I used to get frustrated, like... Why aren't they engaging? I'm not getting this. And I'm like, it's on me. I got to try something else. And so I've, right now I'm in a good space with them in terms of like the engagement. And every week it's something they don't expect. So, and to challenge them to think. And now they all got to present something. So, for example, we did, um, what would you do if you had somebody gave you $100,000? What would you do with that money? What, who's a celebrity that you would want to have lunch with? Um, what's a bucket list item? All these different things. And now, like, one, everybody's learning interesting things about each other that you didn't know. And then it, so, and now they're engaged. Now they're interested in learning about each other. They're forced to think about different things. So I'm always looking for different ideas of how to engagement. Do you have any examples that you <laughs> you could give? Yeah, I'm a big fan also of, as, as you know, it's not mind-blowing necessarily, but it, it done well, done consistently, you, you can see it kind of have maybe that similar effect is, you know, I'm a huge fan of shout-outs, giving credit where it's due. And whether that's, you know, I tend to give weekly update emails that kind of discusses a little bit about the business, some quick wins, those types of things. 
in between the, the typical all team meetings and, and et cetera. But I focus on shout outs. I want the team to get in a culture of like shouting each other out and celebrating wins. And it could be small, it could be big. Um, so yeah, so like awesome. weekly um, meetings can typically be um, going around the horn. Who's going to volunteer? Somebody who saw somebody else do something that was so excellent in nature. Everybody's, I think most people do appreciate the shout out, and that's really cool. What I've seen that, that there are people who actually don't like the shout out, and so I just started this new thing. Well, I do all the interviewing for leasing, and now I ask people when I'm interviewing them, what makes you feel appreciated. And then I could log that, and then later, when they're there, I know, you know, because I've had, like, where there was a point where I was going to shout out somebody, and, and then I, and then the person actually thanked me that I didn't, because they didn't want that. Right. And so, it, it, no, it's great to give the recognition, and the intent there is that, so, that, that for me has been, like, a new switch for me, like, this is a new interview question that I ask, is, like, what makes you feel appreciated? Yeah, and I think it goes back to what we were talking about just a few minutes ago, which is, like, when I enter into any situation, I want to understand the people through and through because, yeah, the worst thing you can do is think that you're going to give somebody some shine and, and they're going to be excited about it and it actually, like, wrecks their day, right? Because they're yeah. on for maybe or something. Um, you know, we've also done a couple of things with a huge emphasis on culture, which is just that. So whether it's lunch and learns, whether it's people have a chance to present things about themselves, about others, about their department. Um, you know, we... I... Again, if you understand what the team, how they take, what their preferences are, you can cater to those types of things, whether it's questions, whether it is shout-outs, whether it's team meetings. I also like to challenge people, um, you know, and so that's part of it as well. It's like meeting people where they're at. So what kind of challenges do you give them? Well, I mean, and challenge in the sense of where do you want to go, right? So, you know, coming into to kind of back to the original topic of coming into a brand-new situation where you've got, especially at startup, varying degrees of expertise or tenure, right? Like five years of a startup could be 15 years in a public company. Right, and so that's the person that I'm going to home in on most and say, "All right, that's the one I probably have to win over a little bit." Especially if I'm coming in and maybe they're going to roll into me or work on a team that I'm that I'm a part of. Um, again, servant leadership. How do I make their job easier? How do I make them win and their teams win? But there's always going to be that, like to your story, who's the new guy that's coming in with the title that may or may not understand this business? I've been here five years. I want to feel heard and validated, and so. That typically is going to be that, that like jack of all trades who's worn many hats. Like that's the person um, that I want to really spend some time and understand how they tell you, right? Because that's going to be that cultural influence. People are going to look to that person as subject matter expert, as you know, one of the one of the originals. And so, how they tick may be different than others, but I want to understand that because winning that person over in the sense of all right, here's where you're at, here's the journey you've been on, and respect all of that. Where do you want to go? Right, and I've worn multiple hats, and now there there could always be that perception of have I been layered? Am I have I had a ceiling? Is there a reason they brought somebody in from the outside? I hit that dead on with an honest, open conversation, and I want to find out, you know, where they want to go. Did they want this role? Do they want a different role? What are those expectations that they have of me, and how can I make their job easier or their team's job easier? Um, it's just kind of laying the groundwork for that. And it takes time. It takes a lot of time to win. And everything changes when you know what they want. I like I do this and I have these conversations and I have leasing on our team where they want to become realtors. Great. I want you to learn everything that you can. I had someone who they told me this and I was like, okay, do you know what it's like to be a realtor? Do you have people that you speak to? And they said, no. I was like, well, my advice to you is like, go talk to them. And then I was like, actually, you know what? Let's do this right now. Search, pick a neighborhood. We like searched realtors in this neighborhood. We had a list of 10. I was like, pick one to call. 
And then she picked one. I was like, okay, call. She's like, I didn't want to call. I was like, okay, I'll do it. I called the person. The person answered. I said exactly who I am, director of leasing and marketing at this management company. Someone on the team here wants to become a realtor. Would you have lunch with them? Yeah, sure. It blew the person's mind. Like, I'm sure. what just happened? <laughs> but, but now, like, you're going to get really good at this, and I'm going to help you go do somewhere. Like, everybody's not going to stay forever. But when you, to your point, when you focus on the people, then then you're going to win. Yeah, and there's there's always the conception or perception, I should say, that you know somebody to move up needs to become a manager and manage people and all of those. And I've had plenty of folks in my career that were were brilliant at executing. And you know, when I when we had those development talks and how can I help you grow and there's a lot of different approaches you can have there. Flat out told me I don't want to manage people. I, I just want to. I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I want to do really, really good work. You can throw me extra projects and autonomous things that you know uh, give me more autonomy, so I can you know feel that in terms of leadership. But I do not want to be managed. So if that's the only quote unquote move up the ladder, I don't want that. And those are the folks that typically like one great. Let's have that conversation so we don't just you know give you folks thinking that's the next step. You're now people manager. Congratulations, and then they fail, and then there's nowhere else to go. But that again is part of that discovery that I spend. I, I will I will spend more time with people than on the business in that first 30, 60, 90. because the processes are already there. They're not broken, and if they are broken, we're going to discover it pretty quickly. And that's all that discovery around what's working for you, how you know what's working today. What have you seen in the past? Where do you want this to go? How can I? Are you doing this in person, virtually? Are you going to lunch offsite? It's been, I mean, right now, I guess this, it, yeah. Your conditions. Like for the moved example, this has been this has been the first wild experiment of all virtual until this conference. Actually, having a chance to, to get around folks and see people. Um, this is this is this is a little bit more challenging. Some in different countries, different yeah. time zones, and different comfort levels with Zoom and being on camera. And so, again, meeting people where they're at, understanding that I'm here to help. I don't have all the answers, right? But collectively, we're we're incredibly intelligent, and like I I get energized out of leading people, developing people, and getting people around the round table, all different expertise, levels of perspective, personality traits, like the great negotiator in the middle that can just get people to leverage all of their um, their points of view, their expertise, drop egos. I'm not an ego guy at all. I'll check those at the door for people if they, if they have a hard time doing it themselves so that we can actually come out with what's right, not who's right. So we finish off with some random questions. Um, what is a purchase in the last six months, twelve months? Best purchase you've made? Best purchase? Um, well, I can say the the one that's most top of mind in the summer months right now. I live in uh, North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which is a big, and I live in a golf resort area. So golf carts are a really big thing for neighborhoods to have. You can get to the beach, to the you know restaurants. I have a seven year old son. We get to all of his fun things. So we uh, we recently upgraded and got a, a brand new golf cart about sixty days ago. This you upgrade this is your second golf cart. Yeah, you we had a traded it in. We had a hand me down. Okay, traded in the old hand me down that like couldn't make it another mile um, and finally splurged. And it's electric. Yeah. And you like take it to the grocery store like everywhere. Yeah. Is that what people just drive around in golf carts? Pretty much, yeah. And that is fun. so cool. Yeah. Do you? Is there an age limit? Like, does your son drive it, or are you allowed to do that? Uh, son drives on our block, off the record. Yeah, he's only seven, so he, you know, in, in my lap mostly. But yeah, no, I think it's like that's so funny. License and sixteen and up. But what's your go-to for lunch? Jersey Mike's. What is your favorite vacation place? 
I would say my favorite vacation between all the beaches and, and my wife's side is a big cruise family. I like cruises. Um, Italy has to be up there. Hawaii, Italy. Yeah, I know the cliche for a reason, but Italy was probably one of the most. Um, we kind of toured the entire country over, over two weeks, so we were living out suitcases. That was one. How long ago did you do that? That was pre Jackson, so we're going eight years now. Oh, okay, that was a little while ago. Yeah, it was a minute, yeah. That's cool. Um, thanks for coming. This was fun. This is awesome. Thanks for having me.